Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we usually would watch a comic book movie uh, and decide if it belongs in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten for forever or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly. I am your host. My name is Ronaldo. I am joined by Berto. And today we're actually, Berto. We are going to be talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So this is, yeah, a review. <laughs> we really dug ourselves in a hole here because like... Last year, when there was barely any movies coming out, that's the uh, environment for which, you know, we created this podcast. It was like, there's no movies coming out. We want something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of led to this. And then movies started coming out again. And we were like, hey, should we review movies, like new ones, like new comic book movies that have come out? Because not that many were coming out at the time still. Yeah, it was when Wonder Woman 1984 was coming out. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. What's the worst that can happen? Like, we're going to be watching a bunch of fun uh, and interesting Marvel and DC movies, and we can talk about those. And I completely forgot about <laughs> the Venom movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. And maybe, like, Morbius and this Morbius, kind of... Yeah. And all this bullshit. <laughs> and I'm like, great, I'm going to have to watch that on opening night. A movie that I probably wasn't going to watch. At all? I think. This <laughs> one? Yeah, were you not going to watch this one at all? Not on opening night. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe, like, after a little bit. Maybe, you know, like, a week later or something. Yeah, if I yeah. got around to it. I think if I had learned about... This movie has a post credit scene that's got the internet a buzz, right? Yeah. So, I think I would have learned about, like, something that everyone's talking about. Maybe it would have been spoiled for me. And I would have been like, all right, fuck. All right, I, I gotta reluctantly go watch. <laughs> go watch this movie. And that might be, like, a whole marketing. That's exactly what Sony that's what they wanted. Want. That's what they want. Yep. Exactly. I think last week they released, like, a poster, and it was Venom... With his finger over his mouth, like, shh, you know? Yeah. And it was like, no spoilers or something. And it reminded me of, like, the marketing campaign for, for Endgame. Endgame when they did the same thing. It was like, Thanos demands your silence. But yeah, that was like this movie's not as big a deal at all. Right. And I'm like, okay, two things here. One, if you think whatever happens in this movie is, like, in any way as exciting as, like, Avengers Endgame, come on. But also, you're making it seem like your movie is as important as a Avengers Endgame by kind of making this, you know, viral post of like, hey, you know, don't spoil the movie, blah, blah, blah. Right. Just to get people kind of like, oh, wow, like there's something spoil worthy in this movie. Let's go see it. Well, an article just came out either this morning or last night. I haven't read it yet, but it was apparently Andy Serkis talking about how that post credit scene was actually kind of difficult to get into the movie. Really? Why? I'm sure... Well, without spoiling anything, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that had to be worked out. Oh, did you read... Did it clarify at all? Like, can you talk about it later on? Uh, I mean, I can pull up the article later on. I I didn't read all the way through it. I uh, just, like... I looked at it. I'm like, that's interesting. And then I started doing lawn work, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's... That, just to gauge Berto's interest in, like, the ramifications of this film, where he's like, huh, I'm gonna actually go, like, shovel up some mulch instead of reading this article. Jeez. All right, I guess we should get started then. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so a couple things I think we should do. Before we get into, like, our review, like, legit review of the film, we're going to do non-spoilers first. Is what we usually do when we talk about a new movie. That way, if you haven't seen the movie yet, we're not going to spoil anything for you. We're going to tell you our thoughts without kind of talking about any plot details or any reveals, because there is a major reveal in this movie. And then at a certain point, which we will tell you, and it'll be listed below in, in the description, it'll be a time code. We will go ahead and talk all details and spoil the hell of the movie, right? Yeah. Before we do that, though, I thought we could talk about some background, some interesting character things about Carnage or Venom and Carnage, Spider-Man, and maybe some of the, like why this movie exists, right? Because a lot of people are still confused about like 
is this in the MCU? What is <laughs> does Venom know Spider Man? Like, what's the connection here? Why doesn't he you have know? the white spider on his chest? <laughs> yeah, first of all, because we are living in an age now where like any comic book movie is basically, or at least most of them, are either in the MCU or the DCEU. They're or, all... or now can be because of Multi... what both universes are now doing with like yeah multiverse shenanigans. Yeah. You know we've. Obviously, there's rumors that, like, you know, there's going to be a couple more Spider-Man <laughs> in the new Spider-Man movie. Still unconfirmed, but also still, like, kind of, like, the worst-kept secret ever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, we already know that, like, you know, Spider-Man 2's Doc Ock is going to be there. Right. So, yeah, all kinds of multiverse shenanigans. So, let's get right into it. Do you want to do background of the movie first, or do you want to do background of the characters? Comic stuff. Dealer's choice. Up to you. Hmm. Let's do the character first. Character? Okay. So this takes us all the way back to 1984. Do you know of a comic book called, I think it was called Marvel Superhero Secret Wars? Better known as just Secret Wars? I know about Secret Wars, yeah. Yeah, so in 1984, basically this this bozo of a comic book character named the Beyonder. (laughs) Uh, Like, an original character, omnipotent, hasn't been around this whole time, God knows why, decides that he wants to, just for his own entertainment value... To decide if if good really would prevail against evil is going to pluck all the Marvel superheroes off of Earth and all of the Marvel supervillains, and he's going to put them in a place called Battle World and just let them duke it out. Right? Yeah. Weird concept for a comic. So it mostly existed <laughs> to sell toys, actually, because Mattel had like gotten like the license for Marvel toys, and they wanted like some they wanted like a big kind of event in order to uh, like get people to like buy. You know, their line of Marvel toys. Yeah. This is before, you know, major movies with comic book characters in them other than Superman. Mm-hmm. So, And it's also before the 1990s where there was a giant crossover like every month. Well, this th- <laughs> this set the precedent for that. This was yeah. the first major crossover in Marvel Comics. And that kind of set the template for things like Civil War and House of M. And there's another big one I'm missing. Which Which is it? Maximum Carnage? No, not that one. That's a big one. <laughs> and we'll probably talk about it a little bit today, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, Infinity War. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, so the Beyonder basically plucks everyone out. He's got a very of-the-times haircut and outfit, by the way. Look it up. Um, <laughs> and everyone has to kind of you know team up and, and start fighting. They also kind of like arguing amongst each other. Spider-Man at one point, like all the heroes at one point, like tatter their costumes. And so they're in these spaceships. In Battle World, where very conveniently the Beyonder has provided them with like machines that will give them new outfits, <laughs> um, probably to sell toys. So Spider Man goes to repair his outfit and he finds a machine where he can create a costume based on his thoughts. So, like, this little black orb pops out and he like sticks his hand on it, he touches it because why the fuck would you do this? <laughs> it's like. He's curious. It's like classic, like a horror movie. You see, you see, like an alien blob. Don't, don't touch it. But he just touches it, and it, and it kind of consumes him. And he's like, "Oh my god, I've got a new black outfit. Look at me go. I look cool. <laughs> he looks so badass. I look like I'm gonna sell a lot. <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna sell so many black Spider-Man action figures. And you know what? The black suit is one of the most famous Spider-Man suits. So. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, he has other suits, but the thing about his other suits is they're mostly other characters that wear them. Yeah, it's not right? like Peter Parker. It's like Ben Riley, who's a clone of right. Peter Parker, or like 2099, is it? 
Yep, who Spider-Man is a, who's different a different character. character, period. And, like, Kane, who's another clone of Peter Parker. Yeah. He, he has multiple clones. It's a whole thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so, basically, his suit turns black. And then he realizes it gives him, like, a competitive edge. Because now, instead of using web shooters, the black suit creates its own webbing for whatever reason. Doesn't ask questions, either. That's the other <laughs> thing. He just totally goes with it. Um, in fairness, a lot of shit's going on in Secret Wars. When he gets back on Earth, however, he has Mr. Fantastic kind of investigate it because right. it's doing weird things. Like he is – is it not like giving him like evil thoughts or angry thoughts? It's like he's like more aggressive. It's more aggressive, yeah. He's more powerful. He, he's not like – it's not like Spider-Man 3 where he becomes oh, like no, a went, completely different person. Yeah, they went balls to the wall with that. <laughs> but like the suit he's realizing is also doing its own thing at night like it's, while it's he's sleeping. Sensing. Yeah. yeah, why he doesn't wake up? Like if basically, like if you were like in a robot suit and it just like while you're sleeping and just picks up and like starts flying around, like you know what I mean? Like be a little freaked sh- out. You'd probably wake up. He sleeps with this. Uh, the thing is, I think the implication is that the suit, the symbiote suit, like keeps him asleep, right? Probably, especially like fighting crime on its own. He just wakes up and he's always like constantly tired. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, he realizes that it's like an evil alien. Eventually, gets rid of it at a cathedral. Using uh, the cathedral bells because it's it's fire and sound are the things yeah. that the symbi like repels the symbi, which is right? another familiar like visual probably to people that have seen Spider Man three. <laughs> Credits to Spider Man three, they did it. They he, stuck he to the literally comic book. gets it off of them in the church. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, a character named Eddie Brock, who is a failed journalist, he blames Peter Parker for ruining his like major scoop that he had. He's just. He didn't check his sources, basically. <laughs> like That's his own fault. But he blames Peter Parker. And he's, like, contemplating suicide. And so he's at this church, coincidentally, when the symbiote, like, latches onto him instead. And it's a perfect pairing because Eddie Brock hates Peter Parker. And now the symbiote hates Spider-Man. So <laughs> together they form Venom. Yep. Really interesting thing here, too, that happened is that this happens over the course of, like, four years it's retcon on top of retcon that basically tells the story because it's 1984 when secret wars happens he gets the black suit uh it is later on in 1984 that he gets rid of the suit in between 1984 and 1988 he wears a black suit that black cat gives him because he's like i like the black suit and so black cat makes him one that's very nice of her that looks identical (laughs) because you know right toys toys and consolidate the drawings why are we gonna like you know we we gotta push this black suit spider-man for a while so he wears a fabric powerless like regular black suit for four years uh until 1988 which is when they come up with the character of venom they sat on this for four years basically like hey this alien fell off of spider-man should we do something yeah what are we gonna do with it Eh, whatever too hard do it later (laughs) i mean they took their time with it they did and so they retcon they go back and they put Eddie Brock in that church at that time, basically. Right. Um, but some other interesting things, though, is that they, like, teased it for a while. So for several issues, you see Venom in the background. Then they don't, they don't like, answer questions or anything like that. <laughs> so like, there's a issue where Venom, like, pushes Spider-Man in front of a train. Obviously, he survives. Right. But, like, you're just kind of like, what the fuck was that? And why did he do that? <laughs> yeah. Who is that? <laughs> whose hand, whose black hand was that that just pushed him in? And then who's incapable of triggering peter's spider sets right because he was caught off guard yeah so it's 88 that um venom is introduced at one point venom like tortures not you know like tortures he like scares uh mary jane tortures <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tortures a little dark 
he scares Mary Jane. So Mary Jane can't stay in the black suit anymore. And that's when uh, Spider-Man goes back to his traditional blue and red. Okay. And then Venom becomes kind of this uh, villain in his own right. And he is like, at first, like a full on like villain. Yeah. I read this comic, his, his like his debut comic. And I don't remember of it because when Spider-Man 3 was coming out, they were like handing these out. I'm oh, like, you got to see like what that. Venom is. Yeah. That was a cool thing they did Which back is then. funny because Sam Raimi did not want Venom in that movie. <laughs> Ooh, I've heard that before. Yeah, well, I think he said it because <laughs> I keep on saying we're gonna we're gonna do Spider Man last, but we're doing so many things that are like relevant to it. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but it's kind of like I don't, I want to say, I kind of want to save the best for last, you know. So like Spider Man Three may very well be the last movie like we the do finale, the finale. <laughs> yeah, uh, just kind of keep people, you know, teased. Do you want to talk about Venom's like powers and abilities? Yeah, I know some of them. I know he's got like the tendrils. Obviously, we see that even in the movie. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure about in, like, the main universe, but in the Ultimate Comic Universe, he has the power to just, like, absorb people. Like, he doesn't, like, bite their heads off. He just, like, absorbs them. That's pretty cool. Like an Ultimate thing, yeah. Yeah. Venom's, well, all the symbiotes are a little different in the Ultimate Uh Universe. He's been shown to use, like, web swinging a little bit. Hey, guys, it's time for a quick break, and we will be back in a flash. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Well, I, I think the main power of the symbiotes, symbi- okay, here, I already forgot. Is it symbiotes or symbiotes? I think, like, it's, the word would technically be symbiote. Well, the thing is, it was symbi- I think it was symbiote for the longest time, and then the first Venom movie came out, and they started saying symbiote. Oh, yeah, everybody got pissed off at that. That's though. right, yep. and now, I, because now of that, now I don't know which one to say. Now I don't know which is which, because I, my whole life I said symbiote. I say symbiote, too, and the cartoon says symbiote. Exactly. Everything I've seen is symbiote. Is symbiote. Until the first Venom movie, and now it's symbiote. Fuck that movie. Yeah, fuck off. Anyway, uh, symbiote. The main power of this symbiote is that they kind of take your attributes with you. They they kind of collect and they kind of make it powers better. as they go along. Yeah. yeah, and that is why Venom and a lot of people don't realize this, but Venom is a dark mirror of Spider Man. He has most of Spider Man's abilities because Spider Man was the first person that he host. attached to. Yeah, his first yeah. host. He can wall crawl. Yeah, he can produce his own webbing just like the suit could. Although now we see them as more as tendrils, but they act yeah. very similar to, to looks webbing. cooler, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of like in these movies, they have to, because they sideskip that step of going through the Spider-Man origin, then they have to make... That's to change it up a little bit. It has to look more tentacly and, and more tendrily than webbing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he doesn't exactly, like, he doesn't wall crawl so it's much more as he, like... He, like, cl- like, like climbs He's so like, strong that yeah. he just... Yeah. And then obviously he doesn't have a big spider on his chest like Venom does. Because Venom is supposed to look like the black suit. That's the whole point yeah, of Venom. because that's what he like kind of molded himself to look like. Yeah. And here's the thing. Venom from Spider-Man 3, the Topher Grace one, gets a lot of hate. But at the very least, like I said, they, they did their steps. They did their due diligence. They told the story. Story-wise, they did story-wise, it pretty accurately. They did it. And 
that Venom looks like a black version of Spider-Man. Yeah, he looks really scrawny, though. He does look a little bit scrawny. It should have made him bigger. Eddie Brock, that's another thing. He's like a bodybuilder. Yeah. Like, he's, he's he is very big and tough and angry. He apparently started lifting weights in order to control his anger and just, like, made it worse. <laughs> Yeah. So, and that's why Venom is like this kind of hulking figure because it's it's a symbiote combined with like the big brooding mass that was Eddie Brock compared to like Peter Parker, who's not scrawny, but he's pretty small, you know? Uh, yeah, he's he's more scrawny in the comics than like the movies ever have him portrayed because the movies are always like, oh, he's like really buff now. Sometimes, but they're still, they're still kind of skinny. Like the, Tom Holland is and Holland. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Tobey Maguire, I feel like they were trying to, like, bulk him up. <laughs> the reason Tom Ho- one of the reasons Tom Holland is a perfect Spider-Man he is because... He looks young as fuck. He's in excellent shape, but he's still very thin. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's very fit, but he's fit like a ballerina's fit. Like, he's not bulking. No. But he's muscular. Yeah. You know I, what Toby I mean? was kind of, like, bulking, and, like, Andrew Garfield, I think, is just a little too skinny. Or maybe he's <laughs> too tall. He might have just been too tall. He's a little bit tall, yeah. Yeah. And Spider-Man it just, just kind of made it look a little, like, odd. Wolverine yeah. shouldn't be tall either, but, I mean... Ah, sure. <laughs> yeah, true. But um, powers, as far as Venom goes... So, like we said, most of Spider-Man's powers, and with the addition of, like, strength, agility, he's yeah. stronger than Spider-Man. Yeah. And, like, obviously, like, all symbiotes can kind of, like, shape-shift and, like, change their sizes a little bit. Like, little bit, if they're yeah. not attached to a host. Because they kind of look like slime, sort of? Like... Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. And the reason why um, Spider-Man can't sense it is because, it says here at least, that he because he kind of came from Spider-Man. Right, so he essentially it, has, I mean, my interpretation is that he essentially also has his Spider-Sense, yeah. which then negates Spider-Man's Spider-Sense. Because he's not going to sense him as a threat. Because he's basically another version of himself. Yeah. That's kind of where it's I weird. get it. Again, it, it, he is like a dark mirror. Yeah. And the symbiote characters are all, like, kind of weird. They've been retconned, like, a million times in the yeah. comics. So, uh, Ven- Venom's got a lot of powers that have, like, come and gone. Right, yeah. <laughs> At one point, like, in the 90s, to, like, de-violence him a little bit, uh, they had him eating chocolate instead of people. <laughs> and that's uh, where... Yeah. Uh, this movie took a little th- bit of that. Yeah, this movie does, uh, does do that. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Venom exhibits some immunities to the supernatural powers of others, such as the penance stare of Ghost Rider. That is true. I, yeah, I actually he, didn't he, know Ven- that. Venom's immune to Ghost Rider's penance stare. Yeah, I think it's because he's also, like, super dark and evil. <laughs> I don't know. There's a really wacky comic from the 90s where, like, it's a team-up between Venom and Ghost Rider. I believe the 90s was weird for yeah. comic books. And there's some of that. Anyway, and then Carnage. Something you know, you know a little bit more about Carnage, I think, than I do. But well, Carnage is one of those characters that was introduced in the nineties like during a... this very weird time for comic books. Yeah, he's kind of like this uh, very edgy in nineties in the fact that Carnage is a symbiote that's attached to like the worst serial killer like ever, which is Cletus Cassidy. But he is a symbiote that because these symbiotes like reproduce in weird ways. He yeah. he is a direct. He's, uh, offspring of Venom. Yes. Right. He's Venom an offspring symbiote. of Venom. So like he's basically Venom's child. If, sure. However you want to look at it, which this the movie does this too. It does do that. Yeah. A little bit rushed, but. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea was around this time period, Venom was more of a sympathetic character. 
And so yes, because this is when Venom's already becoming like a um, well, like even an antihero. Yeah, because '90s. Yeah, this will be around the time that like the that Lethal Protector series started. Okay, sure. Yeah, so Carnage is introduced. He kind of comes out, I believe, like as Cletus is about to get executed. So yeah, like the movie there too. And sure. Then Carnage's introduction becomes like this huge crossover event called Maximum Carnage. Okay. It ends up like Spider-Man, Black Cat, a bunch of other like side characters in the Marvel Universe and Venom basically all have to team up to take out Carnage and like the people that he recruits. There's other offsprings too. It's not just Carnage, It's right? not just Carnage, no. There's, like, there's, there's some others. There's, I mean, there's Toxin. That's right. There's... Shriek, I think? Or is that actually, later? Actually, Shriek actually isn't a symbiote. When we watched the movie, I'm I got sorry, her scream. confused I mean, with scream. scream. Yeah, Scream, Scream, Scream. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I do want to talk about that, because that same thing happened to me. Yeah, because I was like, isn't that... But then I yeah, later looked at it, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about Scream. Which yeah. Scream, Shriek, like, come on. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Carnage basically gets this group of people that follow him, and uh-huh. he kind of starts causing a lot of mayhem, kills a lot of people, and caused a lot of trouble for Spider-Man. Sure. <laughs> to the point where they have to have this crossover event to s- exactly. stop him. I think it comes out of time when Venom isn't so much of a villain, but more of an anti-hero. And he becomes so much more sympathetic that they're like, okay, cool. What if we redo this? But instead of latching onto an angry character like Eddie Brock, what if it's like actually evil? Like the worst. Like the worst person, like an actual psychopath. So it's an offspring of Venom that attaches to Cletus Cassidy, who is a deranged serial killer. Yes. Like, the worst of the worst. It doesn't get any worse than him, right? No. And that leads to Carnage. Carnage is like, he's had multiple hosts too, not just like Cletus. Yeah. But when you think of Carnage, you mostly think about Cletus Cassidy. Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, I read all of these symbiotes, like I've latched onto several Multiple, yeah. Apparently at one point, Carnage is linked to Norman Osborn, and he becomes the Red Goblin. Yeah. So Peter Parker has to attach himself back to the symbiote, like to the Venom symbiote, to fight him. (laughs) It gets wild. Yeah. And there's just a lot. Most of the time, stories involving these characters are also very convoluted, too. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it gets crazy. Yeah. Like, you start reading up on these, and sometimes I'm like, well, this doesn't make sense. Let me pick up the comic book, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll track down the book. Online, I'll start reading. I'm like, well, this is worse. Like, this is yeah. more complicated than I even and would care to there's know. There's been, like, multiple crossover events that have involved, like, stopping Carnage, too. Oh, yeah. It's not just Maximum Carnage. That's just the most famous one and, like, the first one. Right. So, let's talk about these Venom movies in Sony for a bit. Because it's incredibly interesting how all this kind of came about. But if <laughs> you want to go back in time real quick. It's the late 80s. Marvel was kind of just a comic book company and it's hard to like understand that because those don't exist anymore basically every publisher is owned by like a parent company which is then owned by like fucking at&t or comcast now or like disney and the comic books are just like another thing that they make which yeah comic books really aren't that profitable for companies either well that's my point (laughs) is like nowadays these companies are too big to fail yeah but back in the 80s marvel again just a comic book company. Meanwhile, DC had already been bought out by by Warner Brothers, uh, and when Warner Brothers has been since bought by Time Warner and then AT and T and like <laughs> these huge companies, like DC is never going to fail. 
because they, 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 yeah, they, they basically they cannot literally go bankrupt. can't even if they fail like they're not gonna go under right marvel on the other hand almost went bankrupt several times during their history at one point they were just selling like like office furniture in order to like stay afloat <laughs> they didn't have a parent company they sure. were just marvel exactly. comics eventually they do get bought out by a uh you know during one of their bankruptcies they get bought <laughs> out by an israeli toy company called toy biz and that's how like Perlmutter and Avi Arad get involved. They come from this toy company. Yep. And their kind of strategy now is, you know, it's the late eighties, early nineties, and they're like, the way we get out of bankruptcy is to sell movie licenses. Mm-hmm. It's free money, basically. All of these, you know, movie studios, they want their own Superman the movie and and Batman the movie. Right? There's only really only two big blockbusters so far in terms of like comic book properties going to Hollywood, right? Yeah. And we've already talked about those Batman movies. Yeah, we did. Uh, go back. It's like episode nine or something. <laughs> so they're just a small comic book company. They have no aspirations on making movies. All they can do is just sell out the movie rights, right? Right. And how a movie license works is basically like, uh, it's kind of like a uh, like a library card, right? Like you can check out a, a book and then no one else can read that book, but it would be unfair if you were hoarding that yeah, book. Yeah, you can't hold on to it forever. You have to actually be doing Use, something with you it. You have to be using it. Yeah. So you could check it out again if you wanted to, you know, to show the library you're still reading it, or you basically you have to give it back. Uh, and that's and how... The, that happened with Fantastic Four twice. <laughs> kind of three times, honestly. <laughs> when you think about it. But yeah, so um, they start selling all these licenses, and a lot of movie studios were like, okay, we own this now. We got it at a dirt cheap rate. Do we make a movie or do we let it go back to Marvel? I think it was New Line Cinema or someone had the rights to Iron Man. And they're like, oh, we bought this. They didn't do anything with it. We can't make an Iron Man movie. That's crazy time. Nobody likes Iron Man. It's too hard. Also, (laughs) nobody liked Iron Man at the time. Imagine the CGI. He wasn't wasn't popular either. So, you know, that reverted back to Marvel along with a lot of things. I forget who had a Black Widow license. Didn't do anything with that. You know. Something almost came from, from that, but... It was something that we talked about recently, too. It was some writer that we were looking at. And it was like, oh, he was writing a Black Widow movie. And, yeah, and, and we he were, named his kid like Natasha or something. That's funny. Probably during our Black Widow review. Maybe. I also forgot all that information, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so anyway, come around the like mid-90s, Marvel starting to realize that they would like more creative control in these projects. Because basically, it's kind of like, I give you the, the movie rights, and you're allowed to do literally whatever you want. And I have no say in it. Right? <laughs> But it is a kind of, for lack of a better word, it is a symbiotic relationship because if you make a good movie based on, like, say, Captain America, then I can sell Captain America action figures. And then I can, you know, I can license that to a a toy company or a a T-shirt company or lunchboxes or Parents will buy it for their kids because their kids will want it. Yeah. And more importantly, it's all this kind of, like, exposure to sell more comic books, right? Which is what Marvel want to do in the in the first place anyway. So they form Marvel Studios in an attempt to do that. Like they want to get the writers themselves, write the scripts themselves, pick out actors, and then send all that information to a movie studio and be like, here's what we want. You go make this movie. And that's what happened with movies like X-Men, Daredevil, Spider-Man. Most of the movies that we've already seen, basically. Blade. Blade, yes. That was, I think, the first one. I think, I think it was. Yeah. So... Take it a step further, around 2004, Marvel Studios says, well, we want even more creative control. We would rather make these movies ourselves. And they took this huge loan where they basically like leveraged 
all their properties. They could have lost everything. Uh, <laughs> and they put that all in saying, we're going to make our own movies and nobody can stop us. And we'll make the movie ourselves. And then we'll just send that to a distributor, which I think at the time was Paramount. Uh, and that's where Iron Man comes from. I think it was Paramount. Yeah. And that's how well, we kind of kick off the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Yeah. So, because which was the, a huge gamble. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they had leveraged almost all their properties. Everything that they had. But around this time, they did this because they had they had slowly reacquired the rights to Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Ant Man, Black Panther, Black Widow, all these characters that like other major studios that own the film rights too just couldn't kind of figure out. Like, we don't know how to make a Captain America movie or an Ant-Man movie, so fuck it. Let the rights go back to Marvel. They can deal with it, right? I actually remember while this was happening, because my dad was actually keeping up with that news. Oh, yeah. Because my dad was really excited when they Your said that. Your dad's a huge nerd, man. He is. <laughs> he was really excited when he found out that an Iron Man movie was in the works, because mm. he was, I guess, one of the few people that really liked Iron Man, like, before Iron Man was popular. Yeah. That's crazy. So he, he was, like, excited about that, and I remember just as a kid hearing about it, I'm like, that'll be cool. <laughs> that's insane. But so fast forward, because we all know what happens here. Around 2014, uh, Marvel Studios has pretty much got every license back by one way or another. Mm-hmm. Notable exceptions, X-Men still belonging with Fox and Spider-Man belonging with Sony, right? They're the only ones kind of still making these movies. Marvel Studios, obviously, huge juggernaut at this point. They're planning on releasing three movies a year at this point. By phase three, they're doing three movies a year. And they're not small movies. They're billion-dollar movies, basically. <laughs> Right, it's crazy when you think about this. The majority of Marvel Studios movies past Avengers makes a billion dollars. Yeah, insane, absolute it's just insanity. Based on like just the property. Yeah, yeah. And again, they're doing this with characters that other studios would have been like, how? Like Captain Marvel, Ant Man, the Winter Soldier. Like, yeah. who the fuck is the Winter Soldier? <laughs> like. Tier three and below characters by most Guardians standards. of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody was, fucking knew who they were. Which was an old comic book, and then and then kind of it a got new like, comic book. Kind it of got a, like rebooted. Uh, it got like a reboot. Yeah. yeah. Again, major holdouts are just X Men and Spider Man. So when Sony is looking at this, because at one point Sony thought they they were sitting on Spider Man, and they're looking at Marvel, who's making way more money than they are, <laughs> and they want a cinematic universe of themselves. And why the hell not? Right. <laughs> Even though. They only have Spider-Man characters. Which you could do if you did it right. Yeah, but it's still not as interesting. So you look at the end of Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man 2, a movie we're going to talk about in December, by the way, Yeah, uh, where they're just kind of like, hey, oh, there's Doc Ock's uh, backpack basically oh yeah like that scene where it's like he's walking through like there's <laughs> yeah. Doc Ock thing there's vultures there's like vultures wings, wings. They, Every... they tried to Iron Man 2 that movie no Iron Man 2 is nowhere near no you shut up right now I'm sorry <laughs> they tried the it's Iron Man 2 so it. much worse like, oh hey here's because... that bigger universe we promised no because, he, no because here's what they're doing they're basically like you know all those great origin stories fuck all that it's gonna be a built in <laughs> everything's gonna come from Oscorp yeah <laughs> They're just going to go out and hire a Doc Ock and hire a Vulture and probably a Venom. And they're building towards a Sinister Six standalone movie, which I still don't understand how that would be a movie. I understand Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Maybe that's what it would have been. Like, like with Andrew Spider-Man Garfield? would have been the antagonist of that movie. I don't know. I don't that would have been kind of interesting. Anyway. <laughs> to say the least, it would have yes. been interesting at least. But basically, they want several Spider-Man. This is their way of trying to get several Spider-Man films yeah. per year, but right? they're trying to do it too quickly. But then, <laughs> the interview happened. By that, I mean Seth Rogen's movie, where it's a, mo- it's a movie where him and... Oh, fuck, what's his name? 
James Franco, James the Franco. guy that's like totally canceled now. Yes, uh, where him and James Franco are going to go to North Korea and <laughs> murder Kim Jong Un. Right? I actually really like that movie. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I ended up watching it. Even it didn't come out in theaters because basically uh, North Korea obviously upset about this you know how north korea can get um and there was a a cyber attack on sony where they hacked into sony's private servers and they leaked all their internal emails you need to look this up by the way people it's fucking hilarious how many sony executives were talking shit about major writers like uh aaron sorkin major directors major actors they're just shooting emails back and forth about like yeah this fucking asshole like <laughs> blah 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 blah. this movie's not gonna work what's disney doing right now like clickly click apparently also in one of those emails it says um that uh emma stone in that spider-man universe was supposed to play a version of gwen stacy that gets infected by a symbiote of course <laughs> uh so all these all these details leak among those I think the most hilarious one, by the way, not Spider-Man related, is that they were planning on doing a Men in Black and 21 Jump Street crossover. I think that would have been fun, at least. It would have been so stupid, but <laughs> it maybe. It been stupid <laughs> as hell, but I think it would have been fun. It's just because, you know what, Sony is looking at all these other like major film distributors, and they don't have the same IP. They basically no. have James Bond, sort of. Right, and Spider Man. Sh- and Spider Man. That's kind of all they have. Like Men in Black, they can't really milk that anymore. They're they're trying, but well, they, if they can't. made a good movie last time. They could have. Well, that's well, they don't know how to do that, right? <laughs> but they don't. They're not Universal, who has like Fast and Furious and and Harry Potter and distribution and, rights to the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, sure, <laughs> and uh, fucking like uh, Jurassic Park. You know, they don't have like WB with DC and everything that they have. Yeah. Like, they don't, or sorry. Harry Potter's with WB, not Universal. It's I get confused because of the theme parks. Oh, yeah. Sony totally could have, you know, made some more original IP, though. Yeah, but executives don't think like that. No, also, <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like they just don't have too many, like, great writers as a part of Sony they, Pictures. They don't make good movies. That's that's a big problem yeah. that Sony has, too. Uh, I, I think it's the too many cooks in the kitchen, too many executives pretending to be creatives. Yeah. And if you, anybody thinks this is just, like, a shit-talking Sony, like, out of bias, think about this. Every other, like, major, like, studio has, in some part, their own streaming service now. What does Sony have? Oh, they piggyback off of stars? Like, Pretty much. <laughs> that's that's not a good look. They just, again, they, just, they don't have the IP. No. And they don't, I don't know what to do with with what they have. And I don't think they have as much money as people think. No, they almost, <laughs> they almost sold out Sony Pictures. There was a time when it was thought that... Disney would buy Sony Pictures instead of Fox or in addition in addition to Fox and then sell a lot of the IP and just hang on to Spider-Man basically all that money just to get Spider-Man sure well I mean again they they get to sell 21 Jump Street Men in Black and all this other stuff but there was also a thought that if Sony sells Spider-Man or sorry if Sony Pictures sold to another company then Spider-Man would revert to Disney anyway because they they wouldn't be able to transfer that um that those, deal those, that license it's oh. either yours or you give it back uh-huh. you know what I mean so in, in either case if if Sony Disney had sold would have won out, no matter what Spider Man would have gone back to to Marvel yeah. anyway because I think that's all they really want from Sony of course <laughs> they want I mean of course they want Spider Man who, yeah. who doesn't well so yeah anyway. one of the biggest fictional characters ever yeah absolutely this email hack also revealed that they were going to make a Sinister Six movie. All kinds of other dumb movies, including an Aunt May prequel. 
I wouldn't have watched that. Well, uh, actually, I probably would have. <laughs> Again, how desperate are you to make more Spider-Man movies that you're going to make an Aunt May standalone movie? I bet you she would have been like an agent or something. I think like an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. without calling without it Without calling S.H.I.E.L.D. it S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. She worked for Oscorp. <laughs> so it is sort of because of this cyber attack that Sony kind of started uh, playing softball with Marvel. <laughs> and then they kind of came with the deal to share Spider-Man, right? And then uh, we eventually got that nice little surprise during the Civil War trailer. Yes. So uh, Spider-Man could make his debut in Civil War, and then they could share, basically, creativity over Spider-Man. Uh, Sony would still produce the, the Spider-Man movies set in the Marvel Universe, but it's completely their film. They just basically get help with with the creative side of things. The things, that's, the things that they're bad at, right? Yeah. It's really a win-win, and obviously the the deal gets more complicated a couple summers later when the deal was off and then it was back on. But basically, it's great for Marvel because they get Spider-Man back, and that definitely elevates some of their films that they distribute, such as Captain America Civil War, Avengers Endgame, and Infinity War. But on Sony's side, they're like, hey, wait, we're still getting one movie every two years, and that's not what we wanted. We wanted, like, two movies a year. So now what do we do? We make Venom. Exactly. That's pretty much what they landed on. They're like, all right, well, we're going to use other Spider-Man characters that we still have rights. Like, again, they still have all the rights to Spider-Man. They're still, and they're still working on Morbius. Well, yeah, Morbius. Morbius has been done filming for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got delayed because of COVID. Yeah. You know, we're getting Venom, Venom 2, Morbius. There's... Still rumors of a Black Cat movie maybe teamed up with Silver Sable. Which doesn't make sense. Not at all. It's just two girls. That's it. <laughs> In the Spider-Man universe. And I guess a catchy name for the movie. Yeah, it's like Black and Silver. Um, or Silver <laughs> and Black or something like that. Maybe a movie with, uh, what's his face? Uh, Are you thinking about a Craven. villain? Craven oh, Hunter. They cast him? Yeah, it's going to be Aaron Taylor, jo- Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's interesting. Yeah. In a movie that, again, may or may not be set in this Tom Holland spider Marvel Universe, right? Maybe Tom Holland's, but yeah, because at this point, we're not actually sure. Sure. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, fuck it. We're still going to make our movies. Aaron Taylor Johnson. And they call you know, you know that they have a name for their universe? Did you know this? No. It's called, the, it's called the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. That's not a good name. Spunk. <laughs> That's a bad name. They didn't call it Spider-Verse? No, it's the Sony Pictures. Again, they could have called it the Spider Verse. It's the Sony Pictures. Birdo, you're not listening. The Sony Pictures <laughs> universe of Marvel characters, otherwise known as Spunk. It's bad. It's a horrible name. It's just so bad. sounds just sounds like jizz. <laughs> That's why we have got these Venom movies. That are they or are they not related to Spider Man? Uh, we sort of don't know, but maybe we will. Who knows? Right? Yeah. Knows. Let's move on. You ready? Yeah. Okay, so non-spoilers, let's talk about this movie, Venom 2, or Venom Let There Be Carnage. I don't know, overall thoughts, what can you talk about without spoiling the movie, like? It was bad. (laughs) So, I saw a lot of people saying things, first of all, there's a lot of people that really like this movie. I don't get it. I don't understand it at all, but a lot of people really like this movie. It still holds, I think, like a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Even the people that went with us that liked the first movie did not like this movie. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I think is hilarious, and again, there's a post-credit scene that is the talk of the town, right? Yeah. We're not going to spoil it until we get to the spoilers. But I think it's so stupid. People are so dumb because we went to, the, again, we went to opening night, and it was mostly like high school kids, 
right? It was mostly like yeah. young people, well, younger some than us. Children too. But oh yeah, there was yeah. an actual child. There was an actual us. child behind us going, "Is that Venom?" He goes, "Is that Venom?" Is this movie scary? No, shut up. <laughs> but I'm saying people are dumb because there were people in front of us that laughed at like how, how stupid how dumb it was. Yeah. Some of the dialogue is in this movie, and then the post credits happen, and they stand up and start applauding. Shut up! That one scene Are you does serious? not save the movie. It did not at all. And we're, we're going to get to that, but I think this is a bad movie. Oh, top down, tip to tail, piece of shit. I, I do too. And my like quick take on it is, I I think the movie was better than the first movie, just overall, like slightly. It but is I think, less horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I think this movie upset me more because of how it handles characters that I like. You like, know, like Eddie Brock, like Cletus Cassidy and Carnage. Oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. You mean you weren't a fan of all his one-liners? No, they were dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think my main issue with this movie, not my main issue, it, the main constraint for why this movie is so bad is that it's an hour and twenty-six minutes long. And it's shorter leads, than a TV movie. It leads to a lot of yes, and it leads to a lot of like pacing problems. It reminds me a lot of, like, Justice League, the theatrical cut. Which was where, about the same length, right? Yeah, an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, because we talked a nauseum about Zack Snyder's Justice League. We did a full review for that. And then we did a, a regular episode on Justice League because now it's sort of, is it or is it not part of the DCEU, right? That's In our opinions, it isn't. It isn't, but... right? It's got replaced by this much better film. Um, but when you compare those two movies that share most of their scenes together... The main difference is how it's edited in order to fit this shorter runtime. Yeah. It's a great exercise in like seeing what editing can do to like the pace of a film and how that can just totally render it useless. Yeah. You know, the opening of this film is like an introduction to Cletus Cassidy and it happens so fast that I didn't feel a goddamn thing for him at all. No, it, all. it feels just like I like the idea of that. Because I'm like, cool, introduce us to the character, stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. But, like, how quickly it was done, it just feels like like the cold open of, like, an episode of a CW show. Yeah, here's your villain of the week. Yeah. Here's his background in about, you know, three minutes. And then, that's boom, what happens. Kick yeah. off the movie. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's exactly what happens here. It has to resort to a lot of uh, tell, don't show, which is never good. No. Should be a show, don't tell situation. And what's but it's, up? It's, like, it's, it's characters just openly saying, like... Hey, here's my relationship status with you. Here's my lot in life. Okay, cool. I guess. Why this can't is the we thing. see that happen instead e- of exactly you shouting about it? You know, what's the big deal of this movie? Was an hour and fifty minutes, maybe two hours. Well, the first one was an hour and fifty minutes, and that felt rushed as fuck too. But that Wait, was it that long. Yeah, I always thought that movie was shorter. <laughs> it, it felt really short. I think because I again, like of how it was like edited and how it was like filmed, for sure. What sucks about that is, like, the whole month leading up to the release of this movie, when we found out the runtime, was basically the director, Andy Serkis, talking about how, like, oh, no, it's the length that it needs to be. Is it? Here's the thing, though, and we we talked about runtimes and how movie studios think that shorter runtimes mean more profits because you get to do more showings. Yeah. And I think we... I mean, we're nobodies, but I like to think I debunk that. Like, that's not true at all. No, especially right now where movie theaters are not full. Oh, yeah, not at all. <laughs> like, that, that's not going to do anything for you. No. But I get the feeling that that's completely from Sony. And it's like, here, keep it short. Like, we want people in and keep out. Keep it short and uh, don't talk shit about us. Uh, yeah. We want it in and out. That's not anti-circus saying that. No. I, at all. I don't believe it for a second. No. So, it's that. 
it's some of the worst dialogue and not campy bad because see a lot of people that like this movie, I got some friends that like this movie and they're like, oh no, it's campy. Like it knows it's bad. I'm like, no, does it? No, I think it's, Do- I don't think it's trying to be bad. I don't think so either. It's not like a fast and furious situation. And yet that's what people like to compare this to because they're like, oh yeah, it's a wild, crazy, wacky, good time. And I'm like, no. is it though? As someone that has watched most of the fast and furious movies recently, like rewatched them. Those movies are way better than this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't think that's what this is at Like, all. those movies are a like, fun ride. This was, all. like, just, like, it wasn't well put together. Like, there's good stuff there, but... It has its elements. And I think the major one is, if we can talk about some of these characters, I think the major draw for this is Tom Hardy as Venom is very good. Yes. I honestly really like that character. Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock, however, is bad. And I don't like that character at all. I am with you on that. And I don't understand how that's possible. Here's the thing. Because it's one actor playing two characters. I do like Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock with Venom also. But like literally just like Eddie Brock on his own in this this movie, it's dumb. I don't believe for one second he's a good reporter. He's not. (laughs) He's not at all. And in this movie, they acknowledge that he's not a good journalist. Which, which is, is weird, because in the first movie, he was like they this pre- hot shot. They pretend like he's like... He had his own TV show. Like an award-winning, <laughs> fucking Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. And he's a fucking bum. He's no Lois Lane, that's for sure. No, but they treat him like he's fucking like Anthony Cooper. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. Anthony An- Cooper Anthony is from... Cooper. Uh, he's the dad in Lost. That's who he is. He's no Anthony Cooper. He's no Anthony Cooper, everyone. No, they treat him like he's Anderson Cooper. Just like this very, like, influential, just amazing reporter. And there was, like, a whole, in the first movie, there was a whole montage of him, like, reporting. That's my point. (laughs) But he shows up to, he's behind the camera, and this is more complaints about the first movie. Like, hasn't shaved in a week, and not, like, a nice kind of, like, trim beard or anything, like, it looks like no. a depression beard. Yeah. And he's like in a fucking like hoodie. And he's just unkept. He's an unkept and he's man. He's like ta- talking like this. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> at no point do I believe that he is a journalist at all. Then, Much less a good one that Eddie, belongs. Eddie Brock reporter. <laughs> Much less one that belongs in front of the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. God, in that first movie too, he interviews that guy and he's like, I think you're a bad man. <laughs> you're a bad man. Can't you just admit you're doing something? Ill- it's like, no, that's that's not reporting. That's not how you trick someone into admitting that they're you're, doing something illegal. It, you know? That's um, Is that slander or libel? Slander. You can't just like yell that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the J. Jonah Jameson quote. I think libel's in writing. Yeah. <laughs> slander. <laughs> when you write about it, it's libel. <laughs> is that it? I don't know. Uh. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, he's bad. And... Like, okay, so, like, Tom Hardy, he's a, he's a British actor, and I don't think he can do an American accent. Which is why he always... part of this. Which is why he always talks weird in, like, every movie he's in. Because he can't speak American. Or, or his mouth is covered in every movie. I mean, just, just let him be British then at that point, you know? Because he yeah. just can't do it. He's not, you know, your Benedict Cumberbatch. Who does who, an amazing who does American an amazing accent. American accent. Even Tom Holland, who's, like, a young actor, can do one very well. Yeah. You know, like you, you wouldn't know right off the bat that they're British just from seeing their performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like mean? Tom Hardy always has to like kind of talk weird. He talks fucking weird. He's a weird like accent, and he mumbles a lot. I can barely understand. I can understand him as Venom better than I can understand him <laughs> as Eddie Brock. And it's a little difficult to understand him as Venom too. Like that's, I guess that's another complaint. It's like sometimes well, when Venom talks, I'm like, 
it's almost like they did too much with the effects on his voice or maybe the reverb a little bit i completely see that at the same time i think the irony here is that one of the reasons i like him as venom is because he puts on a weird accent as venom like venom talks weird yeah Almost as if he's a foreigner whose English is not his first language, yeah. which is what he well, is. He also uses words weird, which yeah, no, like that, that, I, right. I think that's I think that's what they're getting at. I think we both like the character of Venom in these movies. I absolutely do, but that's my point. <laughs> I think what they're going for is you know, like if English is your second language, there are things that you don't fully understand, like what words to use in certain instances. Yeah, and yeah. me being bilingual, like I I know this. And it's ways, sometimes you know? it's going to sound like you're going to say things and it's going to sound a little awkward because, yeah, because it's not your first language. And English is a weird fucking language. Or you're you're using idioms wrong or figures yeah. of speech incorrectly yeah. or weird things like that. But I mean, like Venom talks like like in the trailer, he says something like that is a red one. Yeah. That's how he talks. It's weird inflections. It's weird. <laughs> kind of like, like you almost sounded you, like Bane. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> You are a loser. <laughs> like <laughs> I am a loser as well. <laughs> like yeah, he. Yeah. It almost reminds me of um when Vincent D'Onofrio plays the the Roach alien in Men in Black. I thought you were gonna say Kingpin. I was no, really no, no, confused. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, this city. He does kind of speak like that. Yeah, but he, he does put an accent for those two. But um, do you remember in Men in Black when he's like the alien? Yeah. And he's like a weird cockroach looking alien who has somehow shoved himself into like inside a human corpse. And he doesn't really know how to speak English. So he's just kind of like more sugar, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's kind of what it reminded me of in a good way. Yeah. Like more of that. I like that. I like the interplay between Venom and Eddie Brock. I just hate Eddie Brock. Yeah. I like (laughs) because I like seeing like their little relationship that they have because this whole movie, they're kind of like. They're almost like a couple. It's an odd couple situation. And also it's the plot is incredibly derivative of this plot template. Yeah. You know, you can see what's going to happen. If, if you know movies like this, you can see what, what happens in the second act yeah. from a mile away. At least this movie has a second act. True. <laughs> that first one was very much kind of like set up the characters and here's the big resolution. Yeah. And that's it. So I'll give it that. This movie has three acts. Now yeah, they're incredibly absolutely. rushed, but yeah, they, they are there. Fuck, what's his name? Uh, Har- Harrelson. Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson. What do you think about him? I think he's fine. Oh, that's the thing. He's a good actor. <laughs> he's a good actor, yeah. Like, my issue was not with Woody Harrelson at all. In fact, the only issue I had at first was how terrible his wig looked at the end of the first movie. Holy shit. They fixed yeah. that in this movie, so it actually looks like hair. If you want to see an Academy Award winning actor shoved into a Party City <laughs> clown wig, look up the watch the end of that the end movie. Of Venom. Yeah. Because they put him in a bright red, like clown red, curly hair wig. It looks ridiculous. It's insane. It's laughably bad. I wouldn't be able to look at him without laughing. It's amazing that Tom Hardy could. What? They probably weren't he probably together. W- yeah. yeah, it was cut in a way to where he probably didn't have to they be They definitely there. didn't meet for that. Yeah. yeah. I think he was pretty good in this movie, yeah. but I think his I think he wasn't written well at all. His dialogue no. is horrible. My issue isn't at all with Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. In fact, I kind of warmed up to that. I just yeah, didn't again, like the way Cletus Cassidy was written. It was, I'm not saying that he's a super nuanced character in the comic. Like, he's just, in the comic, he's literally just psycho killer that had, like, a terrible childhood, which they covered in this movie, to be fair. Yeah. But um, just you, something about the way he talks or just... Did you like the animated sequence? I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. Yeah. 
That's not a spoiler. There, there's like an animated flashback, kind of like uh, think about like uh, Deathly Hollows, Deathly Hollows, yeah. but not as good. What do you think about that? I didn't dislike it. I liked how the drawing looked like his drawings, like a little scribble. Really? What we? He seems to be a very good artist, though. True. <laughs> so True. is it? It was like scribbles, but like in kind of like a. It's almost like like a kid drew it, but it's like kind of creepy. Yeah, it, I, I right. like the aesthetic of it. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't mad at that part. <laughs> you know what it seems like though, and we see a lot of this in this film. This is a movie that, in subject matter, should probably be rated R. Yes, but they didn't. They set toned it. Rated it R. They toned and it down. A it's lot. perfectly fair to, for it to be PG thirteen. However, you are trading a lot off. Mm-hmm. This movie loves to just cut away from every murder. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you'll see, you know, Carnage go to kill somebody, and then they just, like, cut away. Or, you know, he's about, yeah. to, he's about to murder someone else, and they cut away. He and murders a bunch of people. cut away, and he just, like, throws the body. And you don't see it You anymore. don't see it, like, headless it's or not, anything. Not really. It's not very bloody, like... No. And it brings me to the point of, like, no movie should be rated R for the sake of being rated R. No, but this movie would have... This movie in particular would have benefited from it. Yeah, but when when you have to kind of avoid that R rating so often, then, like, maybe consider it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially in this time where rated R comic book movies are doing very well. Yeah. Like, very I, well. <laughs> I hate to say it, but Joker. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. obviously one. The um, Suicide Squad. I mean, it didn't make a whole lot of money, but it's very popular. It's very it's very well received. Yeah. What's the other recent one? Oh, Deadpool. Deadpool. Both, both uh, Deadpools. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is rated R comic book movies are doing very well. Maybe think about it. You know, especially when you've got these characters that literally eat people. And you have Carnage, who is this, like, you know, mass murdering psychopath. Yeah. No, most of the comics that Carnage is in are border on R-rated. Okay, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. my point. <laughs> All I'm saying is consider it. Like, I think it would have gone a little bit further. Again, it's it seems very studio controlled. You like know what I mean? they were trying to play it too safe with it. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird because... They're like, look, hour and a half, PG-13. Like, make that happen because that's going to give us the biggest return. And I'm like, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you could have gone R. You could have gone longer and bigger. Here's the part that sucks, though. It's getting good word of mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, again, <laughs> post credit scene. Are, are we doing no spoilers? Because I really want to talk about it. Are there any other characters we could really cover without spoilers? Because, I mean, even the characters have some spoiler moments. Uh, the characters from the first movie come back. It's like, I think her name is Anne. Anne and, and her fiancé, Dan. Call him Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan. <laughs> I actually like him in this movie. I like him, too. He's from uh, Veep. Oh, really? Yeah, have you seen Veep? I know what the show is. Great show. It's a great show. Never actually seen uh, it, though. He's in it. He's very good in it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anne's back. Dan's back. Miss Chang's back. Or Miss Chen? Chen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, small cast. Yeah, small cast. Uh, they probably didn't have to pay these people that much money. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's all. I, honestly, I did not like it. I thought there were some fun moments in it, but I would not consider this a fun movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Like, good or bad. I did not have that much fun watching it. <laughs> like I can, I can admit a bad movie that I like and that I had fun with. You mm-hmm. know, that happens all the time. I this is not one of those. In the, like Aquaman, I don't think that's a good movie. I think it's a badass movie because it does badass things and it's it's <laughs> epically fun. But I don't think it's good. I don't like Aquaman. <laughs> I, just, I know I love I love I love bu- bugging you about it. Um, but yeah, this movie I didn't like it, but I did like it better than the first one. But it's. 
I'll say there was a couple of jokes that actually made me laugh out loud, but it was going on yeah, no, during I, a scene where they just kept throwing jokes out, and I guess just one of them stuck to the wall and made yeah. me laugh. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But that's the thing with the humor in this movie. Some of it's legitimately good, but most of it's really bad, and the good jokes kind of get lost in the in the mess there. Yeah. There's an action scene that I thought was very well shot. And it, it, I like to think that it's Andy Serkis, like, trying something. Like, he gets his way with one thing. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. where the studio's not getting that involved. But basically, like, Venom and Carnage are fighting. And he has the camera set up in a way where it's like a long take. And the camera's panning left and right. So, like, looking at Venom and then turning and looking at Carnage. Then turning and looking back at Venom. Almost as if you, the viewer, were turning your head. Like, you're, like, looking at them fighting. Right, Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. It's not okay. something you see a lot. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is kind of cool. It's almost like we're there watching this fight. You know what I yeah. mean? There's, it's not relying on quick cuts or anything like that. Oh, I guess we didn't talk about what we thought about, like, the costumes or, like, what they looked like in this movie. Like looked the same as the last one. Well, Carnage. <laughs> I think Carnage looked good on screen. So, yeah. So the CGI, there's a few times where it looks pretty bad and a few times it looks really good, I thought. Yeah. So Carnage looks really good in some shots. And in other shots, I was like. That doesn't look good at all. And the same with Venom. There's one where he's like, he's either sitting or it's like when the Venom. So sometimes when he's just Eddie Brock, his face will pop out of his back, you know? Yeah. It's like a talking head. And sometimes that talking head looks horrible. And sometimes it looks really good. It was like inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. Yeah. There's one time when Venom is walking and it looks like PS3. Like, it does not look good at all. And and walking can be tough, but still. Well, it's this almost like a, they had to, like, like pick major... and choose when they wanted to, like, dump all the money. <laughs> Maybe, but, like, and I mean, that happens. It's always either budget or time constraints when they when you're talking about CGI. But yeah, there are other times when he's walking around and he looks very good. He looks, like, real. Like, you could touch him. You know yeah. what I mean? So well, Yeah, I guess we can get into spoilers now. Yeah, let's just go into spoilers. If you have not seen the movie, I'm going to reiterate, stop listening now. We're going to spoil... A major thing right off the bat. It's what everyone wants to talk about. Oh, we're going to talk about that first? Yeah. Okay. No, no reason to talk about it last. Let's talk right. about that first. All right. So spoilers from this moment on. Post-credits. Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> is this technically an MCU movie now? Well, that's very interesting. And I think no. Because you have to ask yourself, like, we know that the Spider-Verses are, coll- are colliding. We know that now that... In Phase 4. Phase 4 of the MCU seems to be all about the multiverse, right? Right. And you know that worlds are going to be colliding left and right. But would you consider Spider-Man like the same Raimi trilogy? Now that we know that Doc Ock, at the very least, Doc Ock, is coming over to the MCU, do you consider that part of the MCU? I think it's going to depend on how important that actually becomes to the plot. And also, it's kind of in the same vein as like, well, do you consider what if the MCU... Because it's, yeah. those are also just other universes. Yeah. And I mean, and what if is like, it's, it's not set in the MCU. It's basically saying yeah. like... It's not set in the MCU, but it's also like MCU canon. Yeah. It's MCU adjacent. And I think that's what it's going to be. I think like now, you know, Spider-Man 1 through 3. MCU adjacent. Movies, it's MCU so adjacent. Like, they're it's connected, like, but they're not like quite part of like the actual... Yeah. The main like I'm not walking itself. over to my DVD shelf and moving the Spider-Man movies and putting them in the with the MCU <laughs> movies. That's not happening. You know what I mean? Right. And, and we don't know when Deadpool three is happening. 
But like Deadpool three will be set in the MCU that we yes. know of. So and we don't know if Venom three will be set in the actual MCU or not. That's the other thing. We like, do they're know make another Venom movie. We do probably. know Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock slash Venom is currently in the MCU. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting that so if you're a psychopath who didn't watch the movie and you're listening to this, basically <laughs> the post credit scene he jumps universes. He's in a shitty hotel room and then something happens and he's in a different hotel room and he sees the newscast on the TV when J. Jonah Jameson reveals that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yeah. The ending of Spider-Man Far From Home. It gets a little weird, though, because right before it happens, Venom has some it's, dialogue with Eddie saying, like, hey, I'm going to show you. Like, cause that's the other thing. He it's says, not like, a the, good symbi- scene. the symbiote hive mind has experienced things. He says across universes. And then this happens, which makes it a little confusing. But then Venom clearly says, I didn't do this. Yeah. Because he's, like, freaking out. They should have just you been hear, having any hear, conversation. You hear Venom, like, yelling, what's going on? It's so <laughs> stupid because they can't even get this right, I feel. Because Venom's like, oh, I'm going to show you a bit of, like, our hive mind knowledge. Yeah. Which could have been a good opportunity to show, like, little flashes of, like, the other Eddie Brock from Spider-Man 3 getting the symbiote if you really wanted to throw in connections like that. I'm not sure if he means, like, the multiverse. I think he just means, like, other worlds, like, other... Why use the word universe, then? I don't know. Like, other galaxies and stuff. Like, other planets. Unless you said across the universe. Maybe. That could be it. But uh, this might also be a good time to find that article about this scene in particular. Yeah, I'm going to keep complaining about it while you do. So <laughs> <All right>. it, <laughs> it's not clear what's happening because, like you said, Venom said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something and then everything starts shaking. And then you realize that what's actually happening is part of what we saw in the trailer from Spider-Man No Way Home, where Peter Parker wishes from Doctor Strange to for everyone to forget that he's yeah. uh, Spider-Man. And then, as we know, like other v- Spider-Man villains get transported to his universe, such as Doc Ock and Green Goblin. Those are the only ones we know. If you go back and watch that trailer, you can see Venom. Like He's like a shadowy figure mm. in one shot. There was speculation that that could be Venom, and now it's kind of confirmed. No, that's probably Venom. It's probably not the lizard, because... One, the lizard the lizard sucks, lizard sucks <laughs> just kind of in general. I just don't like him as a character. And two... That iteration of the lizard didn't look good. It because we're assuming it's the one from the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. He looked too humanoid. If that makes sense, kind of looked like the lizard though. Like I didn't like him, but I mean, I, I don't know. He also looked like too smooth. If that makes sense too, like like maybe, unfinished like CGI mad, almost mad CGI maybe. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I have the article pulled up here. Director Andy Serkis revealed that the wall crawler status in the film itself was all over the place. Even before he signed on, he says there were moments where Spider-Man was going to be in the story potentially, and then he wasn't. It couldn't have been more fluxy if you tried. <laughs> so it sounds like the studio didn't know what the fuck they were trying well, to do with this. It, you know what? It's clearly that Sony wants like more buzz around their universe. The spunk. <laughs> and also, if they were to make any sort of connection to Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're going to need Marvel Studios' permission to do that. Well, that's the thing. That's the trade-off, because Marvel wants to keep Spider-Man in their universe. They have right. to play ball. And and Sony's kind of using this to like, hey, you know, we can get people to watch our movies if they think they're connected. Exactly. That's it. They want into the MCU, despite them promoting the spunk. Um, yeah. But if you go back to when the first Venom movie came out, Sorry, back when I think Spider-Man Far From Home was coming out, Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige mm-hmm. were doing joint interviews together, yeah. right? Which is weird, but they were doing it together. And someone asked 
Amy Pascal, if Venom at that point, just the first Venom had movie had just come out like the summer prior is Venom in the MCU to which Amy Pascal said, yes. And Kevin, and Kevin Feige, Feige got real weird. And he's his, like, what are you talking about? His eyes opened up and he was just like, he had to like use all his superpowers to hold in to not like have a little outburst right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because according to him, obviously not. Right. But Amy Pascal is leeching off of like you know their success with yeah. the MCU, and this is also around the time where I'm their new, below, their new the deal almost like fell through. <laughs> we was, almost didn't before. have Spider-Man it, the MCU. It was like anymore. a year before. Okay, yeah, that happened the next year, but led to that kind of thing, right? And I think, and then Tom Holland was like, "Oh, please let us stay." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty please, pretty please. <laughs> I really think part of that renegotiation came from came into this, where they're like, "Look, we still want several movies a year." Like, that's what it boils down to. Sony needs several tentpole films per year. So we got to come to some sort of agreement on working in fucking Morbius and Venom and whatever other bullshit we put out, you've got to deal with. Yeah. And I think this is this is what they negotiated. I think they're like, all right, we'll do this too many Spider-Men. Like, we're going to do <laughs> the real life into the Spider-Verse so you can kind of use that to make other movies or whatever. You can use... Like, they're going to use this movie as, like, a jumping off point to start maybe potentially getting their own shit together. Who knows? But, <laughs> again, like, if Venom spends any amount of time in the MCU, then a Venom 3 is going to be even more successful. Whether it's shit or, right. or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It almost seems like they're dumping off Venom over to the MCU and be like, here, you do something with this. Because we can't. <laughs> Which I would be fine with because, again, I like this iteration Same. of Venom. I, I, I want to see the, him yeah. written well. I want to see him directed well. At the end of the day, I was like, oh, cool. Put Yeah, put him in the fucking Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Cool. Part of me was like, oh, I'm kind of sad. Spider-Man's never going to have to deal with Venom because but we're not, we're not going to see that. And Now it, we're, we got a direct reference that that's probably going to happen. Now, it's not the same. It's It won't be the symbiote. Jumping on Peter Parker and then becoming Venom. No, but like... But what if... Here's, that's fine. <laughs> sure. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> what if... Follow me here. What if the symbiote jumps off of Eddie Brock and hangs on Peter Parker for a little bit? And Eddie and then, Brock's just running around this new universe confused. <laughs> yeah, I don't know any of these people. Where's Anne? <laughs> Where's <laughs> Anne? Do I have a job? <laughs> What's going on? He can work for the Daily Bugle. I was about to say, he could definitely get a job with the Daily Bugle because they're a tabloid in this universe. He can basically be... The Peter Parker of this universe working for J. Jonah Jameson. That'd be funny. Yeah, Because yeah, I'm yeah. not sure we're going to see Tom Holland working for Jonah. No, not after what he did. <laughs> no. He exposed him. <laughs> I know. Peter Parker, Spider-Man. My point is, imagine this. Symbiote jumps off, lands on Peter Parker for a little bit. Maybe like Spider-Man, a Spider-Man 4 thing or a Venom 3 thing, whatever. Then jumps back to Eddie Brock. Now, Eddie Brock, he's got the spider on his chest. He can shoot webbing. The whole I spider like sense thing. You can retroactively do the origin that way. Or it's possible, is all I'm saying. The symbiote can jump off of Eddie Brock and jump onto Flash Thompson. And we get Agent Venom. Agent Venom. I don't know Maybe how like I feel about like, that like down actor as Agent Venom, though. He seems more like comic relief. I like him. As like a like a more realistic bully. Yeah. You know? What's the actor's name? Tony something? Re Rev? Something like that. Yeah. I almost said ravioli and that is not it. But it's similar. It's not dissimilar. It's yeah, exactly. not far <laughs> off from that. <laughs> Probably rhymes. I'd be down for something like that. I think that'd be very interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe like way down the line. We'll have uh, the symbiotes hang out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. 
That it, happens in the comics too. Yeah, exactly. There's, so. a lot of, there's a lot of cool things you could do. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy about this, I think. <laughs> but it doesn't justify this film. It almost feels no. like this whole movie. What was the point in this movie? Uh, like, what was the point? If I were to say there was one thing we got out of this movie, it was kind of solidifying the relationship between Venom and Eddie. That's about it. I guess. But here's my thing about the plot. Like, how many times have you seen the same plot over and over again where you've got, like, two partners, blah, blah, blah. They're not getting along, so they break up. They have a big breakup. Yeah, but these partners share a body. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just filming the one where the bodies fly out. Um, Then they break up. They have a big falling out. They do break up. In that moment where they have the falling out is when they need to come back together because now they're threatened. It's a romantic comedy. That happens all the time. This movie's a (laughs) rom-com. It might be. (laughs) With action. Uh, That happens all the time. It happens in like some of these fucking superhero movies where the one where Spider-Man in the first one where he loses his suit because uh, he has a falling out with Tony Stark for all kinds of different reasons and that's when he needs the suit the most so now he has to prove himself to like yeah. not I mean, need it anymore it's an easy way to like kickstart character development but how many movies let's have, break down this character quickly how many movies have you seen where two characters get in an argument like alright I don't need you anymore they go away and then one gets kidnapped and then the other one's like shit I gotta go rescue him now yeah but how many movies have you seen that do that or except one's like oh fuck that guy's the only person that can host me <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, were all those people dying? That's. I was about to say that. Did Venom you... murder a bunch of people like accidentally, or were they, did, were they were they all on the brink of death when he escaped, and then they kind of like I like to think this version of Venom didn't want to kill them because he leaves one. He's like oh, another one bites the dust. That's <laughs> what he says. Yeah, is he murdering? He seems to be murdering as many people as Carnage is. I think he kills more people than Carnage does in this movie. <laughs> if if those people died. Because he just kept jumping from person to person, and the person would just, like, drop to the floor when he leaves. Well, in the first movie, they established that if the connection isn't right, if they're not the, symbiotic... They'll die. They can die. Or can die. If, if he so, latches onto them long enough. Which it is, seemed like Venom was holding onto them until yeah. they couldn't walk anymore, yeah. so I think he killed them. Which is why they needed Anne, because Anne is compatible with Venom. Yes, and Venom likes her. And Venom likes her. <laughs> And that's something from the comics because she is she Venom, I think is she's called. Yeah, she or Lady Venom. Venom. Lady, one of Lady the two. Venom? She Venom. Lady. Venom? I think it's she Venom. Doesn't matter. I'll link it below. They mean the same those. thing. But that's just a recycled plot point from the first movie. Yeah. Because remember, like Venom needed to escape, so he latched on to to Anne, and then she makes her way back to Venom or back to Eddie Brock. They did the yeah. same thing in this movie. We got a little bit of comedy out of it, but that was it in this movie. It was funny. Where she was like kind of too. flirting with Venom and oh, stuff. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're so sexy and strong. He's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Again, at the very least, though, and I said this, they make note that he's like a bad journalist. <laughs> because Venom was doing his job for him. Yeah. And Cletus Castley just straight up calls him a bad journalist. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, well, I was you, like, yes, you're kind of spot on. <laughs> yeah, totally. Does Anne even give a shit about Dan? <laughs> I don't know. So uh, here's another thing. Dan, the movie is too short. It's edited like neck break pace. There's a scene where Dan shows up and, like, pours fire on Carnage, but we never see him. There's no establishing shot of him arriving to the church. It seems like something that was cut. Probably, yeah. (laughs) And then there's no payoff either because then he doesn't do anything after that. (laughs) He does say, I got fire and sound without the sound. 
yeah, that's fine. It's, but like, it's have stupid. him have him like run up first or something. Like, yeah, it came out of nowhere and then it didn't do anything. Yeah, I did like the character Dan, but like he had nothing to do in this movie. Then there was the other character, the cop, who was fine. Don't get me wrong, he's fine. He's also responsible for one of the most egregious examples of product placement that I've ever seen in a <laughs> fucking movie. And leave it to Sony because they are just kings of product placement. Back in the day when they used to make phones and computers, you go back to watch some of those James Bond movies with um, Daniel Craig. It's all Sony Ericsson phones and Sony Vio computers. That's it. Like, as many logos as you can fit on the screen without it being distracting, they're they'll, there. They'll do it. Yeah. Now, they don't make computers anymore. They went out of business. They there. don't make Sony Ericsson's anymore. They don't do make they? phones anymore. <laughs> they went out of business there, too. They still make TVs, however. And PlayStations. Obviously, PlayStations. There's a fucking scene because half of this movie if not more it's just them destroying eddie's apartment it's a shtick that gets old really quick i think because i'm like you can't milk this apartment getting destroyed for 30 minutes or whatever right but there's a part where he's like don't destroy that tv it cost me two thousand dollars he breaks the tv so he just buys another one also and what he's got money for that right so he just buys another one like he leaves the sony bravia box on the side so you see it Mm. i was like oh my god like they only broke that tv so that he could buy a sony bravia and then the cop gets there because carnage has escaped and killed a bunch of people and he's in the middle of saying how many people he's murdered and he stops and he goes oh nice tv (laughs) and he's like and he's like so 11 people have been brutally murdered and you're not dead yet. So he's going to come kill you. He's going to come what, kill wait, you. What the fuck? I actually started laughing in the theater. <laughs> oh, nice TV. The other thing is, do you remember in Amazing Spider-Man when um, he uses Bing? Yeah. In order to not use Google because dare Sony pay Google for like a product placement, right? I remember that. In this one, instead of using Bing, they use Web Find It. Yeah. What is that? It's not real. It's a okay. fictional search engine which just brings more it's worse just use google just use google because if you use google if you don't use google it looks fake it looks distracting exactly i was taken out of the movie because i'm like what the fuck is web find it and also what kind of movie i'm sorry it's not good storytelling when you have to show the character googling something they should have had him use yahoo yahoo safe search (laughs) but do you know what i mean like if you have to show your character using google more than one time that, I don't think that's a good narrative device. I can't think of that many movies that do this, but Amazing Spider-Man did it twice, which is why people laughed in the theater when he used Bing instead of Google. Because it was Bing. And that, yeah, and Bing <laughs> sucks. And in this case, it's Web Find It instead of Google, a fictional search engine. What if someone used Ask Jeeves? Why not just type into the URL? Because everyone knows, like, your search engine is built into your URL. Nowadays, yes. I don't, I don't know. It's if back in the day, if you did that, you just get like, oh, this web page doesn't exist. Or don't show it. Just like have the camera behind the computer as he's typing it in, yeah. I don't and then, know. and then show the results afterwards. Yeah, exactly. There's just so many ways of not. You didn't have to create a fake search engine. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna look this up as soon as I get out of this movie theater. That's what I said, and I did, and it's fake. Well, is web find it real? Is web find it real? And I got no results. <laughs> Another thing in the spoiler territory is like during that last fight scene, there's a lot of weird things going on that didn't make sense. Like what? Like uh, there's a point where. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know where you're getting at. Well, yeah. there's there was a couple. One of them is uh, when Carnage climbs to the top of the church, Shriek just goes like, "Baby, this is too much." Like, but what did he do? He didn't do anything yet. Why are you complaining that it's too much? You killed the cop you were trying to kill, and he's killing the person that he was trying to kill. Like. 
What do you mean it's too much? There's a lot of things with Shriek that didn't make sense. Not to be confused with Scream. Yes. Because when I when the movie started, I thought she was Scream. I did too. Because Scream is a symbiote character. The She's the one in the um, uh, Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man ride at Universal Studios. Yeah. Orlando. Because uh, I don't think Hollywood has it. No, no, no. no. She looks like Venom with long hair and she screams. Yeah. So here's a character with long hair who shrieks. <laughs> but Shriek <laughs> is her own character who is the girlfriend of... Cletus Cassidy yes. in the comics So well. they did get that part right. It is very easy to confuse the two. And yeah. I was disappointed that they never turned her into Scream because I didn't know that. You didn't realize that movie. it was actually yeah. a different character. Yeah. It would have been cool if we had Scream, but it makes sense to have Shriek because Shriek was also very present in like, the Maximum Carnage comic. Also, the thing they would have... So like in, in a lot of movies, what they would do in this scenario is combine the two characters. Yeah, why not just do just that? Just combine the two characters. Have her start a Shriek and then end a Scream. Especially if like the you character's know? not even going to be that important yeah, yeah yeah it's like you know a lot of marvel movies do it where they they create an, an analgum of two characters yeah because the story demands it or it works better that way but anyway yeah there was a part where uh, venom's like oh i need loud sound and so and, instead of using yeah. the shriek in an interesting way he like pushes her off which didn't make sense at all because yeah the camera like moved to shriek as if she was about to scream because she was already kind of against carnage at this point Right, right, right. But it's almost like a Hail Mary because she does shriek as she's falling. But, like, you didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> it was stupid. It's like, oh, hey, we need sound. Let's push her off the tower. Let's murder this human who has no other superpowers. <laughs> we don't know if she's alive Did she or not. Did she survive? The bell could have just landed over her, but... Uh, it, still think you would have died. The movie kind of alludes to her being dead. That fall alone should have killed her. What happened to the cop? He fell like on like a, a stake. Apparently, or something, the right? cop becomes Toxin, who is another symbiote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says something about monsters, and his eyes get like silvery. But Shriek's eyes were also silvery. In the but movie. does it matter because Venom just left this universe? You know what I mean? So does any of this movie fucking matter? Right. Also, we killed off Carnage thirty minutes after we introduced him. So that's the other thing. When you were describing <laughs> Maximum Carnage, I kept on thinking. That would be a very good Spider-Man plot for a movie. Yes. You know, like, if, if they're going to keep on making Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, why not make Spider-Man 4 a Maximum Carnage situation where he has to team up with Venom? And then it's a win-win for everybody because not only would that be a good movie to watch, Sony gets what they want. They get a bunch of their characters that they can spin off, whatever, and they're in a movie together. Yeah. That would be fun. But that would also require thinking good writing. So Okay, that's a fair <laughs> point. I don't know why I'm so stupid. Um... So, again, on the Spider-Man thing, like, I don't know if... Look, you go back a couple years in time and you ask me about this, and I would have said, hell no. I hated the concept of, a, like, the Spider-Verse on film. If we went back, like, six months, you would hate it. Yeah, actually. <laughs> As Marvel is breaking into the multiverse in many ways, I feel much better about it because I'm like, this is a very well-thought-out thing. It seems like Phase 4 is going to be about multiverse. Yes. And so far, this post-credit scene, this movie has been the only element of that that didn't seem super well thought out. It kind of seemed like it was thrown in there. And according to Andy Serkis, it kind of was yeah. thrown in there at the just, very last minute. Just to kind of match with what they were doing with the uh, No Way Home trailer. Yeah. You know, especially since they're coming out at similar times. Now, he's in the movie. Do you think Venom will actually be in No Way Home? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. W why else would they do this? True. <laughs> it's to set up that movie. And now Tom Hardy wearing the No Way Home hat makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. There was a picture circulating right. earlier where he was wearing, like, the production Yeah. Hat. A lot of people are like, oh, he's just promoting. They just gave him the hat. He probably visited the set. Because it's of thing. still a Sony movie. Yeah. But, but no, absolutely. No, I think, I think he's going to be in it. I think he's legitimately in it. Um, Which, 
I hope for not too long, please. There's elements of it that are exciting. It just comes down to, I hope it's written well. The thing is, if you, same, if you want us to like be with Venom, like be on his side, then I think during that movie, he needs to turn on the rest of the Sinister Six. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the end, he needs to like realign. Well, or maybe not. Or this scene maybe temporarily. kind of sets it up to where the only reason why he seems to have his sights set on Peter Parker is because the news is literally saying he's a murderer. And he just believes the news. <laughs> maybe. In yeah. their universe, the news never lies. <laughs> yeah, but it's clearly a tabloid. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about any of this. Also, Ven- we'll, we'll Venom see. is kind of childish, though. So I could see Venom being like, oh, that guy's a bad guy. Yeah, it is not the same thing as like having a personal vendetta though. Like in no, the it's it's material. not the same thing at all. Here's a fun little um theory I heard someone say about the No Way Home trailer is that part of his wish was that he wanted everyone who knows he's Spider Man to not know he's Spider Man, and that the kickback that uh that didn't work was that everyone who didn't know he's Spider Man in other universes came over. And that's why it's specifically the villains of his other of his other movies, because in most Spider-Man stories, the villain discovers his alter ego. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. If the, with that theory, technically, that means the other Spider-Man wouldn't have to be in this movie. Not necessarily. Uh, I, I don't believe they will be until at, at least the very end. You think, think it's going to be more of like a cameo type thing? Yeah. I, I yeah. think what's going to happen is all these villains are going to come in, you know, at, at the end of the first act. Right. And then by the beginning of the third act, it's going to be like, well... You know, other versions of Spider-Man fought these villains in other universes. What if we get them to help us? And then that's how Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire make it over. But it makes sense because it's kind of like all these villains at some point in their movie had this reckoning when they discover Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yeah. So at that moment in time, in those specific universes, they come over. It's funny that uh, Doc Ock calls him Peter. Well, he... I guess he, he learns of his. He of probably his... could have just looked at the news and found that out, though. Also, like that could be an editing thing. He might not. First of maybe all, that may talk, not be in the movie. Maybe he's talking to Toby. Maybe he's talking. Yeah, he could be talking to Toby Maguire. He could be. He could have. He it, could be talking to Tom Holland in Spider-Man suit and just assume that that's Toby Maguire because he sees. That's true. He too. sees Spider-Man. He's like, oh, hello, Peter. Like you know, it, it could be all kinds of things. Yeah. It could be the, like that Infinity uh, War trailer moment that just wasn't in the movie. Marvel does that a lot. Yeah. They so, they will film scenes for trailers. For fake outs. And that's yeah. perfectly fair. I like that because it keeps me fresh and guessing. Yeah. Like when the movie comes, you know? I don't I hate being spoiled in any way. Yeah. So I think that's look, I think that's all we got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we can complain about this movie some more, but like Oh, endlessly. <laughs> Just endlessly. I think at the end of the day, putting Venom in the MCU is the best course of action. It just makes me feel like, then why did we watch this movie? You know, and why did you waste Carnage? Like, that that's what it makes me feel. A lot of people enjoyed it, and that's that's fair. I, I don't understand that <laughs> sentiment at all, but there you have it. I trust the Marvel creative group to do something better with Venom, and I hope that future Spider-Man movies maybe do more interesting things with him mm-hmm. or and more crossovers and whatever. Yeah. The reason why I said earlier I may have liked this movie overall a little bit more, but it also upset me more. A lot of it is because I feel like Carnage was wasted in this movie. Yeah, like he's got like you, thirty you, minutes you, of screen you time. You throw him and... in there to sell tickets. It seems yeah. like, and that's it. And then at the end of the movie, you're like, "All right, cool." Like this is a huge villain that has potential to like be a recurring villain and a good one at that. Yeah, but uh, whatever. Like it happened, so I'm just hoping that. Maybe he'll be in No Way Home, too. (laughs) 
Maybe. Maybe they'll travel through multiverses and grab a carnage. <laughs> because... Because Venom switches sides. Yeah. So I'm just That'd hoping that with Venom being an MCU, maybe this version of Venom at least won't be wasted because there's a lot I like here with the character himself. Yeah, I can completely agree with that. For sure. So that's it. Any other thoughts? No. I just want this movie to kind of just exit my mind. <laughs> I want to read some, like, real Venom and Carnage stories again. Yeah, like I said, if, if this movie just puts Venom in the MCU, then so be it. Let's just do that. And, yep. and, and, just, and if that's and the one positive thing this movie does... Then cool. That's that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad it happened, but I probably won't watch it again. Glad it happened. Not really glad I watched it, but I'm glad so far at the end result of what's to come. For sure. If, yeah. that, if that makes sense. I worded that weird, but who cares? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's it for us, you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thanks to that piano dude for a musical intro. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else that you can do ratings or reviews. Please make sure to tell a friend. And if you've told a friend, thank you so much for telling a friend. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. And you can find us on Twitter at Films from PZ. We are also on TikTok at Films from PZ if you want to yell at us. Yeah, if you want to be mean to us, mean people. Yeah, for some TikTok. reason, TikTok is just where all the mean people are. No, I think it was Instagram that one time. Someone called us Soy Boys. <laughs> that was on Instagram. But a yeah. lot of the TikTok is like, are you fucking stupid? Like, Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but anyway, all of these episodes are available on YouTube if that's how you like to listen to podcasts. It's just the audio format. Just a regular podcast. You can leave us negative comments on there too, and maybe you know get us going on that algorithm. Oh yeah, no, for sure, <laughs> absolutely. You can be mean to us wherever you want. If that's who you are. Um, <laughs> but also, you can support the show on Patreon if you if you uh, want to be nice. If you want to be nice, yeah, we're gonna we're, we're working that out. We're gonna figure out. Uh, maybe try to build a community. Maybe have like events. Yeah. You want to watch a movie with us? We can maybe work, make that happen. Play we're, games. We're both like super busy, like lately, but eventually we will start working on that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then all these episodes are recorded live on stream on Twitch. So if you want to be a part of the show, that's how you can do it. Just come on twitch.tv slash films from pz we stream mostly on mondays mostly on mondays today was a little bit of an exception today's a sunday and i'm missing some football well but... it's an exception because tomorrow we are gonna be yes. participating in another stream yeah but of. also there's no way this episode goes live before that time by that time yeah i'm talking to the one person on twitch right now okay <laughs> um, yeah we're gonna be on my wife's stream she is at sable studio on twitch uh, she streams art, and she took over our Mondays because she has a one-year twitch anniversary, and she's going to be doing 12 hours of artwork and... Uh, Other things. Shenanigans, and I think we're going to be a part of some of those shenanigans. Yeah, we'll... We'll, uh... we'll go in and out of it. Yeah. So, that's going to be fun. But again, you want to be a part of the show and talk to us while we record and tell us interesting facts or opinions that we may not know, then you can do that at twitch.tv slash films from PZ. And I think yes. that's everything. So, other than that, you guys... This has been the fucking Venom review, I guess. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>